Allow me to tell you about Unseated Airways. What's that? Isn't that some kind of indigenous radio show? It sure is. Tell me, are you down for decolonization? What? I certainly wish I could hear about indigenous issues, people, and events on the radio. You're in luck, because Unseated Airwaves talks about all these things and more every Monday morning at 11. Music from indigenous artists and coverage of all the hot happenings in indigenous art and entertainment. On CITR 101.9 FM. Oh, wow. And they broadcast all this from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people? Find out for yourself, Monday mornings at 11, or find episodes online at citr.ca. Today we're joined in the studio by the Cedar Program Youth. Where you are at.
Hello, you're listening to The Real World on CITR. <laughs> you're listening to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. We are broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory. Real World is UBC Film Society's radio show where we try to connect with other clubs and we talk about a different film every other week or every week. Um, so this week we wanted to do something kind of Christmas themed just because we're all getting ready to go home for the holidays and things like that. Um, so we had a big kind of talk about what would be the best Christmas movie to do. And final consensus was <laughs> Die Hard, a very classic, <laughs> classic choice. Yep. Um, other film sock stuff is we have the Studio Ghibli night next Wednesday, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Um, yep. We're doing a triple bill, so it'll be Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, and then the third choice is up to you guys. So if you want to be involved in voting for it, um, head to our Facebook, and you can vote in the poll. Um, okay. That'll be our last screening for the year also, so it'll go out with a bang. <laughs> I think the current, I forget what the current top choice is right now. It's like Castle in the Sky. I voted oh, yeah. for that. Probably. And there's a couple other ones, but that's the one I remember as like being super popular right now. Um, okay, so is there anything? No, so that's it for the year. And then next year, we'll be starting our new rounds of screenings. Um, it might be on Wednesday. We're still not sure yet. Um, but keep a lie, an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> we can get right into it. Maybe we should uh, present ourselves. Yes, I'm Jin. I'm the productions manager at UBC Film Society. I'm Alex. I'm the bookings manager. And I'm Augustin, and I'm computer operations. Mm. <laughs> so. Um, so with this film. Um, did any of you guys hear about it or see it before this? I, yeah, I had. Definitely uh, heard about it. I don't think you can, like, be a human and not <laughs> hear about this movie. And, and all the sequels, too. Um, yeah, I've had, I've watched it, uh, some time ago, actually. And, in a, while watching all of them, like, up to the fourth one, maybe. You know, there's almost... They're working on the seventh, I think. Oh right my now? god! Yeah. They're out. <laughs> so I stopped at the fourth because the fourth was really bad, like very annoying. But so it was nice to see it again because everything was kind of jumbled. I um, I don't know what the sequels are about, but like, how can you make a sequel from that? From like this kind of freak incident that happens to like one random cop trying to meet his wife. Like, <laughs> where well, does the plot go well, that, from that's there? The, it's it's like the smallest connection because I know, um, and I think they saw the sequels before the original. Oh. But I know in the next ones, it's like because I mean, spoiler alert, but like because uh, Hans dies, so his brother in like the third one or something. It's comes in the third to, one. Okay, yeah. but the second to, one like, is redeem. still equally serendipitous, where he's just waiting yeah. at an airport for his wife. And then another international terrorist plot happens. Hijacks a thing. Like, I'm sorry. That's so stupid. (laughs) Nobody's life is like that. Nobody just, like, ends up in these kinds of situations a year after you have already... But it's part of the the joke, too. Like, he... he, uh, In the second one, he's like, why does this happen to me all the time? Like... And it's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... And the third one is a bit different. That's the one with Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it takes a while, like, to start in, Ooh, he's like... divorced, alcoholic, and jobless <laughs> in number three. Wow, oh I God, did not wait. remember that. <laughs> After getting fired for reckless behavior and a bad attitude. And it happens in New York, too, the third one. Yes, it's, like, with the um, bank reserve, all yep. the gold there. Yeah, what yeah. a sad life. Uh, like, after everything he goes through in the first movie, his life just, like... Just yeah. keeps, keeps on getting worse. Yeah, that's pretty what, sad. Uh-huh. What's interesting is that, um, like, the next movies, and I think that's why I had a hard time remembering the first one, but they all hit the same beats. Yeah, it's, like, and a very similar Yeah, especially the second one. Um, but then rewatching the sa- the first one, like, the first one definitely, like, feels more tense. And, and I don't know, the, everything that's in the next ones are maybe a let a less more like hints to the first one hints to tension in the first one 
then then uh and so rewatching the first one was like oh i remember how tense this part was or yeah i i really enjoyed the series because i watched it when i was super super young with my brother and it's just like this weird nostalgic thing for me <laughs> seeing die hard like i remember i was such a big fan of it and bruce willis and all of it <laughs> but yeah um we can did so you guys liked it <laughs> alex who, i don't know uh, your first exposure my like to i die guess hard. first impression was like okay this is mildly entertaining but just like the longer it sinks in it's not great to me i don't know also it's just really mm. different because it's from the 80s and it's like a really different time obviously and people's attitudes are different about things mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, this was like the age of like all the Sylvester Stallone like and Reagan yeah. cinema. Yeah, like very yeah, in like Cold right War after the Cold War ish stuff. Yeah. Well, during the Cold War. During the Cold War. Yeah, yeah this was 1988. 88. Yeah. yeah. So it's all I don't know. Yeah, the whole idea of like using international terrorism as a threat in a film because people feel that fear. And the fact that life. it's not a terrorist attack is also yeah. really funny yeah yeah um i was reading something and the writers thought that making them actual terrorists would make them seem to be too mean <laughs> like, oh quote unquote. really um and he wanted to avoid any sort of like political um themes huh. in it in favor of making them more making it more about you know just monetary gain and like trying to take out and extract that um, the politics of it to I don't know what? I don't know necessarily for it they didn't go into too much detail about mm. that but it was I like an like intentional you can't, thing like, take out the politics from something like that though, oh, yeah, you know? like anything that's gonna have that much like violence or like, like this that. thing like domestic versus international yeah and you can't you divide. can't be like oh it's not political like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> and just his his character of being like an American hero, like that yeah. in itself is highly political. And he's like this New York cop kind of, you know, tough guy. I was, I don't know that it's really like indicative of that time and, and but, what, mm-hmm. what an idealized kind of man is like family yeah. man, that type yeah. of thing. And in thinking about all of those like Rambo movies and, yeah. and stuff like that, it's like very similar character. So I, I was actually reading about that and how, um, this movie is kind of an interesting play on the hero and the American hero. Well, especially Rambo, like, you gotta hit into, like, Rambo 3 or 2 to be, for it to be, really become, like, Rambo is this, uh, fucking war machine. Uh, and, and what's in, what I read about for, um, Die Hard and I thought was interesting is that, you know, um, he's not... Like, he's just the man of the situation, but he doesn't have, like, many tools. He has to use everything that's around him. And and the, he references movies, like, uh, he references Schwarzenegger and, and these movie stars. So, he's, like, distant. There's a distance from them, in a certain sense, from these, uh, like, action stars that are very much capable of everything. And he feels much more vulnerable. Uh, Didn't you write also that Schwarzenegger was supposed to be in yeah, it and yeah. then he declined? Oh. Uh, it was this weird, like... So Br- Bruce Willis was coming from a comedy background and, and he yeah. wasn't that well-known. And then they are offered it to Arnold Schwarzenegger because they are like, oh, you, you do this stuff all the time and you're really famous. But he was trying to go more into comedy. So it was just like oh opposite thing. And they paid Bruce Willis a lot. They paid him like $5 million because... You, so that was not like... Um, orthodox at the time to do that because it's it's a lot of money for someone who wasn't very famous yeah. mm-hmm. but um they yeah he got that much and he it yeah it was it, it blew him up and it, it, it's really interesting cool. that you know to talk about this normal man or this you know cop that is not a big cop or whatever to that deals with this situation is played by someone who is not used to action movies um and mm. used to rom-coms um i don't know i think there's like that feeling of like him not being an action star yeah i never uh, i never thought he'd be into comedy like i uh, i always just yeah it's weird this with like action star so it's interesting to see that hindsight right so now mm. he's like of course he's an action star yeah well his comedic like 
part that part of him still comes through. Oh, definitely. Throughout the film, you know, just still yeah, like. Yeah. And the like, rom com part is like still there. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. in many ways, you know, it's an action movie, but is it, it is also a Christmas movie, and it is also a rom com. Um, and it's funny. <laughs> I don't know if it counts as rom-com. I mean, I d- there's definitely, like, romantic themes, but I don't find his, like, relationship funny in any it's way. It's more mm. so just, like, this marriage that's <laughs> gone to... Not good. Yeah, <laughs> to not good, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, but... No, but it, you know the beats of the rom-com where, like, yeah. everything's good and then it's not good and then it, it goes back well, you know? And then mm. it takes him killing, like... 15 Tough. people for, That's, for their relationship yeah. to succeed oh my and God. for them to remember that they care about each other <laughs> oh my they God. need to be like put to the brink of death i know and then That's they divorce again away. in the third movie yeah, yeah. So yeah. Was like, what's the point <laughs> i don't care i'm not invested in this but relationship also, at all yeah but also you know there's this scene that is really weird because he he says you know when he he so he talks to he's in communication with someone from outside the hostage situation and uh he's not sure if he's gonna make it so he tells him tells that person what he wants to say to his wife and what's interesting is that so he says that he's sorry and stuff that is constructive in a relationship but he never really tells her so he's going through this arc of like understanding Mm -hmm. uh what he'd done wrong and whatever but this arc never really includes his wife she never hears that we never hear him say that to her. And like the the, the person says, uh, you'll tell her when everything's over because you're going to make it through. But he, we never see him tell him that. Tell well, her we that. see her reactions, you know, when she realizes that he's still alive um, when she's being held hostage. And like, mm-hmm. I guess the look on her face is very indicative of like how their relationship is changing, even though they're not together in that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's more through action yeah. that she feels his love in some sense. I don't know. Like, like he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have to say anything because what he's doing and, like, the act of saving her and saving all these people is, for him, I think, saying that. Which to yeah. me doesn't sit well because I mean, no, yeah. I it just it it's, just really it's like more goes like circumstantial, right? of like, yeah. But also about like men not being able to talk about their emotions yeah. with someone, and it's just yeah. like, oh well, if I just kill a bunch of people, if I save her, then that's enough. That's me telling her I love her. But like, no, I mean, like if you did the people. opposite, if you didn't like, you know, given your skills and like everything, if you didn't do that, like yeah. if you didn't save everyone, then you'd just be seen as like, yeah. I like don't the op- but the other thing <laughs> that he could have done is not really like the best option either. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it makes me think a lot. Sorry. No, no, no keep going. Yeah. Of like this idea in action movies, especially Reganian action movies, of uh, like regeneration through violence. This idea that people get better and you know um, become more human through violence mm. in uh, in these action movies, and that like this reconstruction of this relationship is completely based on his violence and mm. the violence that she has suffered and yeah i think with his character as well like they i was reading somewhere that they didn't fully like develop or have a good idea of who mclean was supposed to be until halfway through production <laughs> um so then mctaren and willis willis like the they they decided that he he was someone who just didn't like himself very much and he was mm. just doing the best he could in a terrible, awful situation. So that that stuff was realized. So in terms of like any like inconsistencies or just stuff like weirdness about his character arc, I feel like can, uh-huh. can be contributed to that. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. And you you wrote on on here that D'Souza said that he wrote the script as if Hans Gruber were the pro- protagonist, Ooh. and he, yeah. D'Souza had said, "quote If he had not planned the robbery and put it together, Bruce Willis would have just gone to the party and." Re- reconciled or not with his wife you should sometimes think about looking at your movie through the point of view of the villain who is really driving the narrative <laughs> but i think that is really dumb to say <laughs> okay. like isn't that like really a logical fallacy to be like oh well if he never had the robbery they would have never got back together I'm like that's not, not sure that's what he says maybe though. within like the plot of the movie that's true i shouldn't be looking at this through <laughs> like gaze of like real life and like real uh, life well, like, maybe, maybe you should but in in terms of like being a writer, 
I mean, I guess, that is like, literally trying... what he said. He said if he had not planned the robbery, Bruce Willis would have just gone to the party and maybe not reconciled with his wife. Then it would have oh, been I thought, pretty um, verbatim. Yeah, yeah. I thought, <laughs> what I thought, I said. I thought you, yeah. I thought you said may or may not. Yeah, is, isn't it? I mean, may it is, or may, not? is yeah. may or may not, but he's yeah. implying that like the robbery basically ensured. Oh yeah, that they would have reconciliation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, using that as like the the crux of how they <laughs> they get they back get together. back together. <laughs> and uh, there's this um, uh, weird uh, thing, you know, about this violence where it's very much the small hero that is capable of violence, and these, and that saved the situation through that, uh, and that all governmental, uh, like the higher chief of the police. And is made fun of a lot. The FBI is completely stupid in this movie. Like, yeah. they're very yeah. proud of themselves, and they're completely falling in the trap of Hans. And, uh, and but the small cop, he saves the situation. The two small cops, which are Bruce Willis and his partner uh, Al, I think. Uh, are, are, oh, his small, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the the limo driver. No, 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 the, no, the, the other cop. Oh, the other the cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they're the ones who do the things that are good to save the situation. And in the end, you know, there's this whole thing about... The, the underdog, sort of. Yeah, and there's this whole thing about this uh, cop who killed someone uh, accidentally, and so he never touches the gun. But then when things are... And then things are good when he decides to take the gun again and save the situation at the end. With the twist ending of someone not being uh, one of the terrorists, uh, or um, you know, uh, being actually alive and threatening to kill everyone, and so this cop who sworn to never take a gun again kills him, and it's the fact that he res- comes back to violence that saves the situation. Violence being the, the sort of <laughs> grace in everything. I think I think that's what I'm realizing is that I just don't like action movies. Like, I'm trying to make it about this movie and why I don't like it, but I think just, like, the whole genre, I just can't the stand theme. it. Oh, that's fair. That's I'm, fair. It's, like, it's Or so just, yeah, the fact, the fact like that it's, themes. like, propagating themes yeah. of, yeah. like, violence is the only way to yeah. get things done and things. Because there's like, definitely action movies that don't do that. Like, I feel like uh, Rambo, the first one, does not do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much, and we're not going to talk about Rambo, but just, uh, <laughs> like, it's very much... Uh, the violence that is in that movie is completely n- not a good thing. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it creates these situations. Like it's a m- more of like violence creates more violence type mm-hmm. of a situation, like Vietnam and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, which is here, it's more like yes, violence mm-hmm. good because the mm-hmm. terrorists are not. They're violent when their plan does not go well, but like these hostages. They they're not threatened to be killed. They you know oh actually at the end well it was <laughs> a plan but you know it's well, more of a complicated uh, thing. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back in a bit. Um, we're gonna play some songs for you and um, we'll see you in like five minutes.
back you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM and this is the real world with Jin, Alex and Augustine. Hello. All execs of Filmsock. Um so we're today we're trying to do holiday themed action movie stuff. So we're talking about Die Hard. Um and just to continue our conversation, we I really wanted to talk about Hans Gruber more. <laughs> Like him yeah. as a character, we didn't really talk about um, him Hans Gruber is the villain, terror no, not terrorist thief, who's trying to steal sixty four million dollars in this movie. Um, I just find him that he's just more, I don't know, because what we were saying earlier about like the writer, um, writing the story as Hans being the protagonist of it. I think he just ended up being more interesting to me, like as opposed to mm. um Mc- McLean. Yeah. I guess Alan Rickman also like Also yeah, him as an actor. Yeah. inhabitates the character, you know, like gives him mm. a lot of uh yeah. of the spirit, I guess, like of life. Yeah. And then t- with the script writing in this um how a lot of it wasn't finalized before they actually started shooting and then they were like coming up with the script as mm. for some parts of it. Um, they were tackling with the ending for a while and another part of it was of the movie that that ended up being in there with um, Hans having that American accent and like trying to fool them they weren't going to have that part until they found out that he could do a really convincing American accent so like stuff like that where it was and and throughout the whole film he has this German accent yeah so it's yeah yeah it's really good I wonder why they picked them to be German. That's, yeah, strange. Like, of all, <laughs> you know, of all, like, ethnicities they could be. But it, it it feels to me like, you know, we were talking about the Cold War, and the fact that it's, like... Anything that's, like, uh, like seemingly... Or if they made it, like, it was foreign. made it the Russian or something, that would have totally changed the movie. Yeah. I think that would be too blatant, you know, if they made it, like... They wanted the them to be... European enough, but 
and but not you know saying distinctly russian especially during that time uh-huh but i feel like you know especially like they look west german and not east german and i feel like there's a whole thing about like it's about the western thing it's not about eastern politics you know the way the way he said he didn't want that McTiernan want they want politics in the movie even though of course there are but um you know not a terrorist attack from uh, Germans who are allies to the United States and you know stuff like that mm. so it's supposed to like neutralize yeah the maybe maybe I don't know mm. yeah. the fact of it not being a um terrorist movie mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah uh. and it's interesting too that um he uh we learn in the movie that he came like he was in a terrorist organization before and he was ex- oh not a terrorist but an activist one mm-hmm. political activist and that he was fired from it for being too violent yeah and and he plays the role of the terrorist during the whole movie he needs to make the authorities believe that he is a terrorist in order to have them kind of do the plan about the money yeah yeah do yeah. the plan not even think about the money and mm-hmm. um it's also interesting to see that even in 88 people were very very afraid of you know terrorism mm-hmm. and they couldn't conceive that it was a robbery mm-hmm. i guess they don't associate that much like you know having the, all that um those detonators and all the bombs and everything with robbery because it's not yeah it's yeah like, it's like who what robber has a rocket launcher <laughs> yeah it's just like to a scale that yeah. they're not familiar with at all mm. and with mclean's character i i was debating whether like it was the best idea for him to um to reveal you know that he was John lurking McClane. yeah or that but also just also just lurking around in the building initially, uh, that whether he should have let them know, because like he put the body of um I forget the person's name in the elevator, yeah. and then it goes down, and he's like, and now I have a machine gun, um or whether he just should not just kept quiet should just kept quiet and like let them continue thinking that he wasn't there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then he they would have uh, continued as planned. Like well, no, he would still be trying to obstruct yeah. them, but like. There wouldn't yeah. they be wouldn't the whole drama yeah. on the on the walkie talkie between Hans Gruber and him. Yeah, and yeah. Ellis too. Cause like otherwise it they would have just continued their numbers would have diminished, but they wouldn't know until like Well later. part of the reason their number diminished is because they send people, right? Okay. Yeah. True. I don't know. I don't uh, know. <laughs> plot <laughs> dissecting. I guess they mm. need that like dialogue between McLean and it's very and interesting. And also, mm-hmm. I feel like McLean is just, like, the type of person who would do that. I feel like he has, like, this weird pride. Yeah. This yeah. ego Or, about like, him. needing yeah. to let people know what he's doing in some way. This, like, very... I just don't... I don't like him. <laughs> As a character. Yeah. 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 Annoying. I see why he got, got divorced. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, okay, they were, like, really... He, he... Yeah, yeah. She got really... She got the position at um at the company, and he was a. And then he was just it. like, no. <laughs> he was just like, no, no, I'm no. I'm upset about this. I don't want you taking this job at all and moving across the country. Just very unsupportive husband. And then, and then he recognizes that that was a bad thing to do, but he doesn't say that to. Yeah, it's kind of just like okay, I save like Alex was saying, just like okay, I save all these people now, so you know, <laughs> it's fine. We're okay. <laughs> But yeah, Hounds, and I really love the scene, you know, where they see each other, mm. and he doesn't know that it's Hans. I don't know, I feel like the scene is like... But he does know. Like, he loaded, the, he gave him the gun unloaded. Well, because, no, he was Well, that was like sure. a just-in-case. Yeah. 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 But I don't know, the fact that he's still skeptical, you know. I well, thought, I thought yeah. he I think was that's actually mm. just stupid and gave him a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that. Oh, God. Oh. The production of this thing was intense. You know, typical. Um, like, a lot of, 
there there were a lot of accidents slash okay so this oh, thing i read yeah. i just really want to bring it in and mention sure. it because i was like oh my god um so with the the drop where he has the at, at the end of the movie where he has the fire hose tied mm-hmm. around his waist and like the buildings you know, uh, yeah, exploding yeah. and everything and he jumps off the building with the fire hose tied around his waist he um in the actual production of it i read that they did that at the beginning before they shot anything else. Oh right. Um, and that was to and and when he landed, it was like it was like from a five story building when they were how they were shooting it, and he landed onto an airbag. But he kind of, um, it was still like really dangerous. And then the force of it was really intense for him. And when he asked why they decided to film such a dangerous part at the beginning and not do it at the end, they were like, oh, if you you know if anything happened to you, it would be, it would be more expensive if they had to reshoot the whole film with another actor. Oh. So they did it at the end. So that no, so they shot that you know dangerous scene at the beginning before they shot anything else. So like if anything went wrong with that scene, then they just get another actor and oh, not have well to. Well, doesn't like, it also make sense to do it at the end because then you already have everything with that actor, and then if he, you know, if something happens to him. Yeah, but that would mean need mean you need to do the like last last part, right? But what what if that was the last part? I. I don't know. <laughs> what went wrong? There I, don't know. I guess he has to act yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just interesting how Hollywood. Or, I mean, it's probably still now, but like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And. I was wondering, when we were watching the movie, you were, uh, Alex, you were saying that um, it was very frustrating. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe, you know, why why would you. Like, I think I understand what you mean, but um, how? I don't remember where I, or when I said that. It was the hose of the scene, I the, think. Oh, I think it was just, like, multiple times in the movie, he's relying on these, like, objects that he places to hold himself up. It's so, like, when he opens, he when he's in the elevator and he tries to get out of the elevator shaft so he can drop the uh, the body through the elevator... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he, like, uses this, like, screwdriver or something to hold the... The door open. The door open. And they, like, always do a close-up on it also. Like, they did a close-up of that. And I was like, what, is it going to And the machine open? gun. Like, and the machine yeah. gun holding him in the other elevator shaft. And at the end, and like, then the, the fire hose. hose. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's just this kind of reoccurring the theme of these... Um, I guess yeah, also... Yeah, hi- holding him up. These very oh. precarious mm-hmm. kind of objects. I mean, also highlighting the, the violence theme of it, right? Like, it's these sort of dangerous... I mean, not necessarily... No, I guess not a fire hose, but, like, to a certain... <laughs> like, these dangerous um, sort of items, these tools that are, you know, the the how he's staying alive. And, yeah, maybe and it points to his resourcefulness in some sense. And his resourcefulness and how these things are necessary for doing anything and like uh-huh. staying alive and and that is how you're going to solve a situation um and conflict it kind of made me think of like i don't know in some video games how you have an inventory of items you know yeah. and the way they feature them it's very much like oh he's used the machine gun and then it was yeah. like gone like it's he fell through the elevator shaft so he didn't have a machine gun anymore and i was like yeah. oh he doesn't have a weapon but they're kind mm. of very like single use yeah and they just serve like one quick purpose in that scene and then he either doesn't have the item anymore or it's you uh, know, it, it's fallen or broken or something. It's interesting that you say uh, that it seems like a, a video game by some aspect because I've I've read that before too. And uh, what I've read is um, also the fact that he kind of has like the way he looks is kind of like a life bar and that, you know, at first his, he's... Um, oh, his shirt. His being shirt like is an white and then... Yeah it gets dirty and then he takes it off and then his feet get uh damaged and then up, and yeah. then his uh shoulder gets shot and there's this idea of like he get he's getting damage from the whole thing and like it's very gradual mm. and he, you know h like um there's like a stage uh, a stage thing to it like each uh um each uh, floor is like a stage of this game that he's playing until with he the reaches ter- like the master yeah <laughs> it's okay that's so true i never thought of it like that like an actual video game yeah um, there are a lot of people well not a lot but i've read that um, it would feel yeah. like that yeah yeah, yeah. i think so also sort of highlight just having the one hero in this sense and him yeah. being the only like one single player type. single player against everyone and how he you take everyone down yeah, yeah. 
also kind of indicative of this lone um, American yeah. hero and saving uh, in among in this climate of like war and conflict in actual real life uh-huh. and how all these other movies were coming out depicting that lone hero who saves yeah. everyone mm-hmm. but it's like an everyday hero too yeah someone who's different. like unexpected yeah yeah mm-hmm. but um and it's interesting too how when you watch the movie you're kind of figuring how you're gonna get it out of it mm-hmm. as he does it you know because there's like a lot of pauses. There's a lot of moments of like just thinking and him like going through him talking the out office. loud. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, with that, yeah, contributing to the video game aspect where it's like, oh, yeah. Like, what would I do? You're very much with him. Yeah. 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 I think that's the only thing I didn't hate about him <laughs> <laughs> was that like they're very transparent about him not being sure of what to do. He's not portrayed mm-hmm. as a character yeah. who like has immediate instincts and knows exactly what to do in a situation or how to get out of it but like he's he gets frustrated and then he gets scared yeah and there's lots like of that. moments where it doesn't work too and yeah so he's not just like completely successful in everything he does yeah. which is mm, slightly refreshing maybe. <laughs> yeah i it was really like the whole thing with him not having any shoes really bothered me oh wait, like not having a not wearing shoes the entire oh, yeah. film oh <laughs> uh, yeah feet were like yeah. a big really aspect important. of it because, because in the beginning shoes, and then he yeah. tries the shoes on of the guy he kills and, he's and like, he's like these too are small. too small he doesn't and then do you're it like wait feet. why does it even matter and then it's not till that scene where they're shooting the glass and his feet are just like completely obliterated they're like, so oh, many <laughs> wow. they really set up this thing because yeah. in the beginning even on the plane that's a with first the stranger, thing with the feet yeah thing, yeah. yeah oh that's it's a weird, weird It's a focus. weird thing to focus. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I mean. Think, yeah, I think because feet are already, like, you know, kind of highly fetishized. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is a little bizarre for me. I, I didn't really see the, I mean, I, I appreciate the setup, they, they the thought they put into it, but I just don't see the purpose. Yeah, either. it's like all of the thought they put into the feet, I think, could have been put elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, on the focus of the relationship or, you know, mm. on his character development. But, like, you spent so much time talking about feet and, like, having shots of his feet and his feet being all bloody. And but I think there's some yeah, why, theme to this. Why like, I think it's, like, a vulnerability. Yeah, yeah like, like, this a deeper unstable reading. ground around having yeah. to walk on it and never knowing what you're gonna get it yourself into. especially like with the plane and like you know making yeah. your fists with your feet when you're on land and stuff like that like grounding, yeah this is know. really me extrapolating and like trying to pull I don't know. something I feel out like of it i don't really know what they wanted to do with that no, but i feel like there is something to yeah, yeah, to yeah. that you know yeah even, okay, uh, but even if there is something to Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. Like, <laughs> that, the, that thought and, like, time investment was not uh, allocated well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, in the end, did they have another thing with feet again? No. I can't. We need to do promos. Oh, yes. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, feet. Um, that's how we're going to... Feet are big. Feet are big. The, look out! For <laughs> look out for the feet. That's the moral lesson of the movie. <laughs> wear uh, shoes. <laughs> wear shoes. This thing was supposed to be so. This was actually just a PSA yeah. for American people to wear shoes. Yeah, whatever. Popular. Nike the, sponsored. Nike. <laughs> <laughs> just, Even yeah. though we never see any. Just do it. Um, oh my god. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for today. And this is also our last episode for the semester. Thank you for joining us throughout all of this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a wild mm-hmm. ride, but we'll be back in yeah. January. We'll so. be back. It'll we'll be, be back. It'll be fun. With probably another film sock exec. Look out for that. Um, okay. So. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Hi, my name's Matthew. When I first got back from a military tour in Afghanistan, any time I heard a siren or even a car alarm, I'd lose it completely. I would turn into a wild man, screaming, waving my arms. People would yell at me, shut up you crazy, get a job, would ya? Well, I didn't go out and get a job. I got help instead. Now, I'm in a clean and safe apartment. I have friends and helpers who understand me. I landed a decent job, but I gotta admit, I still don't like car alarms or sirens. I used to think mental illness was a death sentence. 
I got life instead. This message was produced by Columbian Center Society and Radio Malaspina in British Columbia. This quarter magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help, and all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. To understand more about fashion, we asked CITR student executive and fashion expert Jonathan Q what fashion means to him. Like, it's just aesthetically something that's so ostentatious. Typically, typically. I mean, because, of course, I mean, it's also, you know, I mean, uh, when, when you say fashion, I think people are talking explicitly about uh, consumerism as opposed to someone who buys, like, uh, like you know, If you really want to know more about fashion, come on down to CITR in the Student Union Building of UBC and pick up some of our merchandise à la mode. Nous avons t-shirts, sweatshirts, socks, and coffee mugs. But it's also very aesthetically gripping. To keep you styling in support of the station you love. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Well, actually, is it? Because, I mean, you know, I was going to say because of the cultural vacuum that we exist within, but then, you know, uh, really, fashion today is kind of derived from the European idea of couture, and that's been around for centuries. And the cesspool and the